What is up, everyone? Welcome to the official last episode of 2022 on the Sight and Sound podcast presented by Hard Guy Media. And I was just discussing with my very good friend um, and consummate guest every single year, every single fiscal year, every single season of this podcast. Mr. Lewis Smith has appeared and we have discussed and waxed intellectually and unintellectually about whatever the fuck is on our minds, be it music or movies. And we're going to get those top albums from Mr. Lou Smith. Lou, what is up? I'm glad to have you on the pod once again to round out the year and to keep our running tally of making sure you're on every single year. <laughs> it's great to be here. Uh, my potato phone is barely allowing this conversation to occur, but I'm very happy to be here. And it, believe it or not, like I do, I very, I, I'm big on lists. I like this type of thing where I have to go through and kind of rack my brains. It's like, you know, fuck the, you know, fuck Spotify rap and whatever. That's cool. But like, this is different because it actually allows me to go through and critically look at, you know, okay, we have these albums that were released throughout the year. What, what has dominated my fucking eardrums and brain since that point? So I do look forward to this because it allows me to go through and revisit some of the shit that I purchased and, and give listens back through and, and just be like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like this is, this truly carried some weight this year. So very happy to be here once again, this, well, this is, it's like you said, it's not like a Spotify wrapped. A Spotify wrapped is just, it's strict analytics and analytics don't mm -hmm. always tell the true story. We know this from sports. Uh, exactly. You can, you can rest all your laurels on analytics all you want, but what's, what's uh, we need on the field action. We need real time ball play, and it's early morning, so I imagine both of us have had some ball play already. Um, so <laughs> here we are, the top. And I always like doing these lists. I mean, we, you know, you know, you know how we are, I, and you've been on many list podcasts that we've done, uh, episodes that we've done. But I always like hearing your list because there's always something on there I haven't fucking heard, and I check out and I dig. So it's always like needed. I need to hear your list because I always like hearing what the fuck you're listening to. And I'm always you're always turning me on to something or you're posting something. I was like, what the fuck is this? I check it out. And I was just like, it's some fucking like doom surf rock band. That's fucking amazing. And <laughs> just something wild that I was just like, only fucking Lou would fucking be able to find like some fucking amazing fucking band. So it's very <laughs> integral that I get your list. So, uh, but yeah, it was a interesting year. I feel like this is the first year. I mean, if we're talking live shows and albums and stuff and and full releases and re rollouts for albums. This is the first year back in the pandemic where mm -hmm. it was like it felt like the first full year back. Last year was kind of like the the drag ass recovery year. And now this year is like full bore. There's really no restrictions on like people holding albums back because people can't go to shows like shows live shows were back in full action. There was no cancellations for the most part. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, how was your, before we dive into the list, how was your full 2022 as far as playing in lurking class for anybody that's unaware, Lou runs and operates Burger Creek productions, which is a booking agency. And also he does the 15 minutes of fame podcast. And he's also, bass player vocalist in uh, a punk rock and roll band called lurking class. And you know, how, how was this year as musically for you playing, listening, going, discovering bands, watching bands, listening to albums. How, how was this year as a whole, if you could encapsulate it? Yeah, man. Um, in one word, uh, chaotic, uh, yet very, very uh, progressive. There was a lot of things that we've done. We encourage, like one thing I will say is, when when I would put together a show or even if we were on a bill that somebody else uh, organized, your lineup was basically fluid until zero hour. And that is frustrating, obviously, for many reasons. It's not like it was where it's like you put a show together, you know, a few months prior, things stay the same and it's smooth sailing all the way through. Maybe the sound guy's a dick, right? That's the worst thing you encounter. Right. But now you have bands kind of dropping off for health re related reasons, whatever, um, up until zero hour, which is what it is, you know, obviously you want people to be safe, whatever, like that's first and foremost, understand that. But that is something that we encountered again, shows that I, that I put together via Burger Creek or just us in lurking class. But, 
Um, we played a shitload this, this summer and fall, spring, summer and fall, um, kind of our, our typical areas, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Vermont, um, you know, th- those are the air Pennsylvania, like those are the areas that, that have always seemed to treat us well. And we, we love playing in those spots. So going to continue to do so. Um, one thing I wanted to uh, mention that I, I noticed is talking with some of the, 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 the homies and like the, I guess like the local, uh, circuit, um, still to this day. Um, and, and I, I would hope it has gotten better at this point, but I know early on, like in the spring and the summer, there were bands that were still in, encountering like issues getting their orders at the vinyl pressing plants because shit was still so fucking wonky as far as like back orders and like original pressings and stuff like that. Like there was such like a weird wait period for some of these, some of these folks where they would put something in and the wait, the wait time would essentially be, all right, it's either going to be six months or fucking a year and a half or two years or whatever. Like we don't know when we're going to be able to get to it. Obviously that's a very extreme six months or two years, year and a half, whatever. But still like i i know that there are still folks that were dealing with that throughout this entire year so while the show element is definitely was definitely like back to you know whatever a, a normalcy um hopefully by now um things have gotten a little bit better and i know on our end uh we're putting the finishing touches on our full length it's, it's a 12 track album um we're wrapping that we just finished tracking uh this past month and things are going to be rolling out this new year. So we have a lot of good things coming forward in 2023. Um, but, uh, but an overall great time. We, we broke a lot of ground this year um, and, and had a lot of fun doing it, you know, sweat our respective testicles off um, in, in various rooms and basements and fucking attics and shit. But things have been good. Things have been very good. Now, did you back to the uh, tracking back a few uh, ideas ago when you mentioned about the backlog of vinyl pressing so because like i mean covid's the ultimate excuse for everything now it'll forever like it it is we will always hear something from covid will be forever affecting something and Mm -hmm. it's the ultimate excuse now especially for things like vinyl pressing plants and stuff like that like due to covid we're out of yellow um and I, I literally got told this by Regal. They no longer carry the blue icy because COVID. I asked, I and I Are go because I'm kidding me right now. So I rolled up there. This is a year and a half ago, right? It, it, it was early 21. Whenever like I went first, went back to inside a theater, and I roll up to Regal, and there was only a Coke, a Cherry, and like a Mountain Dew option. I go, uh, no, no blue Raz. The Oh yeah, COVID. Well, well, did did COVID kill all the blue raspberry fields? <laughs> like, it's an artificial motherfucking flavor. Like, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck happened? Oh yeah, COVID. Like, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, what do you mean? What do you mean, God. COVID? And still to this day, we're almost two years past that. There's still no blue raspberry at Regal. They have it in Movie Tavern. Movie Tavern apparently still has fucking. They got the Access black market. black black market blue raspberry field fucking um but uh but the the the, the vinyl shit so this is kind of this uh is interesting so adele when she put her album out last year they fucking her whatever label she's on it's it's probably sony or something like that Mm -hmm. uh they outreach because vinyl was like so backlogged because of like plants shutting down for months at a time because a lot of these pressing plants are over and overseas and stuff there's not really a lot of big ones in the states that can handle the kind of volume that like a major label would do mm-hmm. and what happened was they had like when adele adele shut down like several pressing plants her and a couple other artists but notably her because they reached out to every single pressing plant to get like high volume you know press uh press pressings of of her latest album so they were going to like little indie ones and everyone so obviously for little indie record labels like we need you to press a thousand of this record because this other the other seven companies we can do can only do a thousand and we need fucking twenty thousand or forty thousand of these or whatever so she her her album was pressed all over the united states all over in europe because they were trying to press like high volume because she she does move. She'll move uh, move product like that. Um, 
And that was like a big thing. Every pressing plant had like a Dell that we're, pr- we're pressing a Dell. So a lot of shit got backlogged because obviously if you're getting paid a premium to do this big artist and, and it wasn't really talked about much, but like it started leaking on like some Reddit pages from pressing plants that were saying like, listen, the next like three weeks, we're doing nothing but Adele. So everything else That's is getting pushed back. And, and so it was just like a trickle down effect. And I imagine that happened with a lot of bigger artists that like whenever they were going to, well, we're going to release everything got a fucking reissue during COVID too. So, uh, oh, yeah. That played into it, and I still, I got fucking records I ordered in January of last year. I just got them in last week. I got them in Christmas Eve. Uh, some typo negative records that fucking Revolver printed the variants for, and and yeah, you're like six months out, like minimum for for anything right now, um, give or take. But yeah, wild year, uh, especially when it comes to vinyl and stuff. But uh, real quick before we jump into your list what's uh do you have a favorite vinyl release this year that stood out either content wise or aesthetically you know uh, just uh cosmetically visually was there a vinyl release that just like twisted your titties the right way this year that you're just like this Mm. is this may be the 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 crowning (laughs) the crowning jewel of my 2022 you know that's that's a very fair question so I want to answer that. The one thing I wanted to say before we get into this is I know when you and I talked originally, we had our conversation. I believe it, it was one of the episodes that we did for physical media. And I think it was on that episode that I bitched about folks who go in, especially with like, you know, regional like bands, for example, and they go in and they purchase every single color variant themselves. Mm-hmm. And in this climate that we are in now where you have kind of a stranglehold on products still, we're still feeling those effects. It is still obnoxious to me when you have some of these people and I'm not going to, you know, there's, there's individual accounts and folks that I know personally that it's like, I love you guys, but like stop fucking buying seven copies of this record because you want every fucking color variant. I am buying it to listen to it. And I can't then fucking do that because you're going and buying fucking seven at a time, five at a right. time. Right. That to me, that to me is obnoxious and, and even more so in this environment. It's fucking ridiculous. I shouldn't, I shouldn't not be able to get something the, the two days after it's released because there's no cap on how many orders you can place. And I get from the artist's perspective, well, we want to push product. We invested in this. We want to sell it. If some dumb fuck wants to buy all seven copies of the same fucking record, but with different like, colors, I, like I get it. I get it from the, the collector's perspective. I really do this is, this is punk rock. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this is rock and roll music. Like you know, at the end of the day, like unless it is something that is so hyper fucking rare, but we are talking again, we're talking Midwest punk bands that have been around for 10 years that have, you know, th- this is not on, this is not abnormal. We're not right. talking about some lost fucking Stooges record of Iggy shitting in a fucking blender. You know, like this is something that's like, these are normal working class people. Why are you buying all these? Right. <laughs> it just still still blows my mind still blows there, my mind there's that um, there's that innate fucking thing to want to make a quick buck too like oh can i buy this for 25 and sell it for 45 like unfortunately like we live in a world of commerce where that's just not gonna fuck it we're not gonna be able to escape that and to the detriment of someone you know hurting hurting you know fellow fans being like well i want a copy but i'm also gonna buy two copies to try to fucking flip in six months when no one can find it it's, I just don't understand like really what these, especially if, if there is the mantra again, you're in, you're part of an independent music scene. You do this for the love of the music. You do this to sell music and play with your friends and push t-shirts and travel all over. At the end of the day, I still don't understand why we're, we're fucking dealing with it. We're still continuing to deal with this shit. Like I don't, I don't get it, but either way, I digress. Um, vinyl release that tickled my fucking dingus this year. Now I'm going to be, this is going to be a different answer probably than you would normally get to this. So this is a vinyl release that I did not get the opportunity to purchase. And I'll share with you why, but they were, they re-released um, the golden eye 64 soundtrack on vinyl. It was originally released, I believe in 2020. And then they did a limited reissue run or repressing like a 2022 repressing this year, new color variants, all that shit. 
There was huge hype behind it. It was limited to, I think, like 250 or 500, somewhere around there. It was relatively small, I think, maybe 1,000 even. And I believe you and I talked about this previously. Was anyway, this Enjoy the Ride a, Records? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so, so I was fucking in line. I had my fucking, I had my goddamn calendar thing set on my fucking phone. Get on, place the order. I get on at fucking noon. Get it in my car. I'm fucking then having to create a fucking account to lock, to purchase it or it's, or whatever. I'm having to enter my information, type in the credit card data. It's in, so it's already in my car. The product's in my fucking car. I'm just ordering one. I'm not ordering seven. I'm not ordering fucking five. I'm ordering one. I get all the way to the end of the checkout thing where I hit place order. And it's like, th- this product is no longer in your car. It's gone. I was physically unable to type my information into the order pane into the order box that popped up on my fucking computer and then check out to secure the item. It was already fucking gone. Yep. And that to me is one of the most sickening fucking things as somebody who not only enjoys music, who buys records and physical media, CDs, all that shit consistently. If you like that to me, fucking piss me the fuck off. So was there one fucking record that tickled my jimmies? That's the record. Did I get it? No. Am I going to buy it? Yes. But fuck the fuck, enjoy the ride and their goddamn janky ass web ordering shit. Because they did the same thing. They also they also dripped out uh, issues of that same piece of vinyl to other distributors, to other like stores and shit. And it was the same fucking thing. It was the same exact thing. There was no organized way to be able to purchase things. It's not like a fucking. It's not like when you go and buy a, a ticket to a sporting event. And it's right. like, this is in your fucking box. You've got 10 minutes to complete it or it goes back into the pool of inventory. There's none of that. It's literally like, I think when you and I were talking about it, it'd be like if you're at the grocery store and you're literally in line putting your shit on a conveyor belt and some piece of shit behind you takes your fucking crackling oat brand and puts it in their fucking thing and goes to another line and catches out. Like, that's fucked. That's yeah, fucked. It's, I mean, I, there was kind of the same, I had the same issue uh, um, with the Mortal Kombat Ultimate 3 vinyl that Enjoy the Silence did. Uh, or enjoy the ride records that um and yeah it's and that's what sucks too is like they'll 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 uh you know distribute it out or, or have you know each site like two three different sites have their own variant and it's uh it almost seems conspiratorial um mm-hmm. you know and it's and you know what's funny is a lot of these uh waxwork who does a lot of the soundtracks um they do the same thing where they're just like you know, in seven months, they'll be like, "Ooh, we found a box in, in the warehouse. With <laughs> 12 bullshit. of these are going on sale right now. Like, yeah, you, you just randomly fucking found that this these 12 fucking versions of this record that you said were sold out. Like, it's just uh, it's it's lunacy. They do it with they do it with a lot of stuff, uh, but records, namely, um, if I had to say, you know, a release that. uh that I liked like a lot this year, it was prop. I mean, the Ramones box set was like clutch just because it, it was those records just sound way better on heavy, um, heavier vinyl. Um, and obviously we talked about pleasant dreams, not having a full release. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so now getting like a full fleshed out s- sound, in that record was really cool and that variance thing. And I just like how that box that was constructed. It was heavy duty. Um, the Chud two vinyl that terror vision put out and I had sent to you. Um, and I said, that was just looks so good. It sounds great. And that terror vision does such a good job. They did that demon wind vinyl. Uh, and I had a lot of fun fucking, fucking uh, sick. Yeah. Just great variants. Like, that's what kills me too. I see a lot of variants that are kind of plain Jane variants. And then you see like people that really put some time and thought into color variants. And I, I truly appreciate that because a big aspect of vinyl these days is how it looks too, especially if you're going to do, you know, a related uh, color variant to like the record or, or what the layout is that shit matters. And I I think television really is a step above as far as the soundtracks go for sure. Dude, so before I know we're continuing to, to to fucking belay that or delay this, 
um, from that Ramones box set, like which, which of the, obviously all the records are great. I'm, I'm sure they, you know, it's, it's, they're all beautiful. They sound fantastic to you. What was the standout out of those? Like, and I know that you and I talked about this previously in conversation, but I'm curious for the sake of the podcast, like which of those records were like, you sat down and you're like, holy fuck. Was it, wasn't the, was it the pleasant dreams? Like which one, like really fucking blew you away. Honestly, it's so hard to pick. I mean, Pleasant Dreams, because you can it is it's not like an, an insanely stark difference, but it is noticeable and a it's big upgrade. Yeah. yeah, it's very noticeable. And that one was so fun to like hear. And it was almost like hearing for the first time because it was probably the clearest you'll you'll ever hear it. As long as you you know, you got your pad out, making sure there's no, no uh, debris on your fucking vinyl popping and cracking. But other than that, it sounded great. <laughs> For some reason, when I put on Animal Boy, it just sound that that record is very slick and very produced by Jean Beauvoir anyway, um, mm-hmm. or Jean, whatever, whatever. Um, but it's uh, when something to believe in came on. I don't know. It just sounded like it was as slick as it ever sounded, but it would just sounded a little more full and like really like. Uh, I don't know. It just sounded really good. And that that song in particular st- stood out as just sounding really good. Um, but it's just so they they just they sound good. They did a good job with these. Um, and like being able to hear like can't say anything nice, which is on the the rarities uh, disc, which is, you know, like a, a black and pink splatter on clear. And that one just sound, like a lot of those songs like sound uh sound really good and just it just sound it just it's a great sounding box set everything sounds great i listened to it i listened to everything like that day that i bought it like i i just put everything on and listened to it i I didn't get to the rarities disc i think until the next day but it just sounds so good i've revisited pleasant dreams like several times just putting on the original listening to the original then putting on that one and just trying to pinpoint the differences and that was it, it's a it's a really and dude, you can get that for cheaper than it retailed for right now on eBay, too. If you're still interested, you can get it for so, like 30 or 40 dollars under retail price right now. Same thing. So I have I have a copy in my cart right now on Discogs, and I have been tracking that because I had had just I had kind of had some of the pain in the ass locating it out in my neck of the woods as far as like who was carrying it, who wasn't. What was the markup on their end? And I know you and I talked about like the mark, like the actual like retail value and, and kind of how folks were marking these things. Um, we had a shop out here. Well, it was like a little south of Albany. Um, great owner definitely marks things up slightly uh, just because they're running a business. And I fucking understand that. But like it was one of those things where it was just like, ah, I was like, I'm going to wait. Like I've bought enough things from you and the price point on your shit is always like $5 more than it is basically goes to discogs, looks at the average asking price and I'll charge five bucks. Basically like you're still paying for shipping at that point, realistically, which right. whatever it is, what it is. But um, I have been tracking that and dude, it's insane to me how many, like, you know, you know, on discogs where it's like you, you have a new alert. This just got posted because it's on your fucking watch list every single day. It's Ramon's box at Ramon's box at Ramon's box at remote. Like there's at least five to six new postings. And it's, and I know a lot of them are just people reposting them. So pe- people continue to see them, but um, yeah, I've noticed that that price is like consistently dropped at this point. And that's going to be one of that. That is one of my recent purchases. I wanted, I wanted to wait for it to drop just slightly. Um, but that, uh, that purchase is 100% on the fucking horizon. So. Hell yeah. Well, without any further ado, let's get into this list. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm always interested to hear what you have on your list just because there's always something on there that I'm going to check out that I'd never heard before. And that's one of the that's one of the things I think you and I have always had a uh, a a wealth of uh, knowledge we were spewing on each other with uh, showing each other music. Um, and uh, yeah, let's uh, what's your we'll, we'll go. uh ascending to the number one so what's the what's the number five on the list Lou? all right number five on my list i did this one a little bit differently so this was actually so this is uh this is parole violator and this is by pussifer so essentially this was a re-recording complete with the video aspect from pussifer's 2011 album conditions of my parole and basically it was re-recorded 
and reissued with their current lineup, obviously featuring Karina Round, Gunnar Olsen. Um, the album was initially like debuted as like a video double feature where they both re-recorded and released from like a pay-per-view standpoint via for Vagina and Conditions of My Parole. And then they went around and re like issued the actual album of that. So you not only have like, you know, kind of the more current takes of these songs with their current lineup, um, but there's other aspects because like uh, Matt Mitchell is just like a fucking studio wizard. He's like a complete audiophile nerd, which is why I think one of the reasons why fucking Maynard enjoys working with him is because he's such like a fucking, he's such like a wizard that it's just like, all right, I'm going to write my lyrics and do my thing and have my visions for these tracks. You make it sound spacey and crazy and weird and whatever. Um, Pro Violator is my number five, just because again, I've, I've been listening to these songs since fucking conditions. My Pro came out and now having seen them live a few times, it's like now also getting this fresh take where it's, this was recorded for the express purpose of issuing not only, uh, you know, some video aspects and like continuing the story of Pussifer, but also like that, like we recorded this to sound good too, not just look cool. Right. Like it's that whole, it's that whole like audio and visual experience. So I did it a little different. I know it's not like whatever, but this is a new release, new, new take on these tracks. Uh, yeah. Pearl Violator, uh, standout tracks, dude, Man Overboard and Monsoons. Man Overboard is historically one of my favorite puts of her songs anyway, but hearing this take on this uh, release was fucking unreal. So that was, that was my number five. Now, were you did put so Pussifer did they did you get turned out of them because you were a Maynard fan were you a Tool fan at all or did you just <laughs> did you find them separately all right so I'll give you the quick backstory on Pussifer so it was maybe circa 2009 uh, yeah so we'll say 2008 2009 and I was not at I was not in Verona um, at a Kennedy's establishment uh purchase i was not purchasing something and i was not partaking in those uh libations and all of a sudden this like song comes on called vagina mine and like i sat for a while and i listened to it and the song got done and uh dude timmy Vare was there like um and, and i was just like i was like what the fuck is this i was like what the fuck was that and that was a time when I was like really, really getting to shit like, you know, like the knife and some of the more like, like modern, like electro pop, like electronic type shit. Vagina Mine, the, the first Pussifer record is extremely like heavily electronic. They've kind of drifted away and drifted back since. But like that, like completely blew me away, not only just because of the subject, the subject matter itself, but it blew me away. And I remember Roseanne was like, Oh, that's Pussifer, like, you know, perfect circle and tool and shit like that. This is his third band. And prior to that, like, I liked the perfect circle. I was never really like a big Maynard guy. Personally, right. I was always more akin right. to like the atmospheric shit with a perfect circle versus tool. The tool stuff got a little bit more masturbatory with like the instrumental shit, really good, hyper talented, but like that didn't appeal to me. Like I like more like songwriting and like, exploring like textures and, and like the depths of songs. And again, the atmosphere of a track, a perfect circle that, that to me, I, I always enjoy that aspect. So this was the natural progression for me because I was already like attuned to that, enjoying electronic music and shit like that. So that was essentially my, like, that's what got me into it was not purchasing things and then just being around the people that I was being exposed to it and then completely falling head over fucking ass into this uh into this music so that's pretty much how i got into pussifer it's so funny whenever i think of maynard i always think of rosanna too because i remember her yeah. wearing a perfect circle shirt back in high school and i used to fucking <clears throat> just I, I mean i'm sure she's told you i used to fucking before her and i became like uh the, some of the best of friends in high school i would fucking roast her fucking ungodly for the, some of the shit she would wear uh back when she fucking hated my guts i would fucking just light her up when she wore a perfect circle shirt uh so it's fucking i love that that came full circle for fucking just me thinking about that before you even said it oh that's so funny <laughs> Uh, so wait, so how are we doing this? Are you going to tell me yours as well? Cause I know that you have other episodes that you've done. Like, how are you, how are you doing this per episode? So we did, uh, Eric and I, cause Sean don't listen to yep. music. Uh, 
we fucking uh, we went back and forth. So we'll I'll do that too. So okay. So I number five for me was Greg Pachado's mirror cell. So Greg Pachado, uh, he is the ex singer for Dillinger Escape Plan. Took over on vocals in I think late two thousand two or uh, early two thousand three. No, it was late two thousand two for Dillinger. Dillinger breaks up. He does an electronic project, which I think you should check out, called The Black Queen. He does with a partner. Mm. And that's really good. He's got a fucking amazing voice. So uh, that's kind of been put like on hold and he's been doing these solo records and these solo records are like shoegaze, grunge, electronic, metal, a lot of melodic singing, like mostly melodic singing. You really get his range on how he can sing. And he's been singing Allison Chain stuff as well. And he's been performing with Jerry Cantrell's solo band, doing vocals on some of his live shows. Um, and he's really tight with Jerry Cantrell now. Um, but this record, I really think you'll like this record and do check out those black queen records as well. But Greg Pachado's, oh, yeah. um, uh, mirror cell, really fucking great record. I'm going to send you a couple tracks. Um, cause I really think you're really going to dig it. I think it's right up your alley. Yeah. And I'm glad you say that because like, I'm very big on either like, here's a couple tracks or like, start with this album. I'm always big on that. I know I've asked you that question a million times. Like, all right, where do I start? What should I check out? So yeah, send me some stuff to listen to. Cause I'm always always into uh into that type of stuff especially when it's like oh this is strange sounding and blah 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 like yeah dude shoot it my way for sure fuck yeah so what's your what's your uh do you see spotify for your streaming uh okay perfect yep um all right my number four uh this is uh chicago's lollygagger uh they're essentially what we'll call it i guess like the first full length um, even though they had had a record prior to this and they re-recorded a couple tracks for this album, either way, however you want to categorize it, it's total party kill. Um, these guys, I had a chance to play with them up at Desperate Annie's in Saratoga for a super dark collective night. Um, this is when I was still playing with nine boat short MBS. Um, goddamn, like they're not only like an extremely tight three piece, they're extremely nice fucking guys. Um, I actually had a chance to interview, um, Sunnyside, which is their drummer, um, for the 15 minutes of fame podcast. And he's just extremely awesome. I'm pretty sure he's taking a shit when I was interviewing. That was amazing too. Um, but either way, like do yourself a favor, like find this, you can still buy it on Bandcamp. Um, check it out. Think of like aspects of like motorhead, like Melvin's and like shit stains of Mastodon. And like, I mean that like in the best way possible. Like I love these dudes. I love this fucking record. Um, for those that are interested, I would highly recommend the track Six Semper and Bombs Away. Um, again, they did re-record a handful of tracks from their, I guess, if you want to call it their original, their, their first like EP release. Um, but then they essentially like wrote new ones for this track as well. And they do a pretty insane cover of White Line Fever as well. Um, so I highly recommend uh, Lolly Gagger's Total Party Kill. Fucking amazing. Huge. It's a big record. Big fucking album. Fuck yeah, definitely. I literally just added that on my fucking to listen to. So, fuck yeah. Um, what about you? Number four. Number four for me was Ghost's new record Impera. Uh, really huge sounding. I mean, the dude Tobias uh, Forge. He's really influenced by like ABBA and shit. So, if you're really influenced <laughs> by ABBA and you end up sounding like fucking like Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, but even poppier, it comes out amazing. And their new record, it's I said this to Eric too. It's my least favorite ghost record, but it's my number four on my top list for the year. So that explains how great Ghost really is. Like Kazarian, like fucking just sicker than dog shit, Hunter's Moon, which was on the Halloween Kills soundtrack. Um, I think it was the first single released for the f- album last year or late 21, actually. Um, but yeah, it's just it's so fucking sick. Um, just like I said, huge, like he, he has like a huge sound, put all, puts all the money back into the stage show too. So they got fuck. He's walking on fucking marble floors and the big cathedral fucking backdrops and, and everything's live. I think initially he was using a lot of tracks live, but he's brought in like, he's got ghoulettes on stage now where he's got like, you know, two keyboard players, like backing singers, like it's all live now. And yeah, just sounding 
heavier and heavier while keeping the content like super fucking fun and cheeky and super, you know, satanic fucking uh, otherworldly end of times uh, stuff. It's so fucking fun. And for that band to be as big as they are and filling out arenas across the United States and filling out uh, even bigger uh places overseas and have the content be what it is is fucking great and i think it's yeah it's it's fucking awesome and pure is a great record albeit my least favorite ghost record so far um but yeah it's fucking pure a ghost oh yeah i'm actually writing i'm making notes myself <laughs> as, you're, as you're like enlisting these out so this is this is good um my number three. Now, I remember I showed you these guys, I think when we went to see Richie in Rochester, I think I put on um, Satanic Royalty. I think I just threw on a couple tracks. So Midnight released an album in 2022 called Let There Be Witchery. Now, it, it, this this band to me is, is fascinating. Um, it was one of those things like when I first had stumbled across them, like I was, I, I'm obsessed with Venom and like, essentially like think of it this way. All right. You have an Ohio based black magician slash musician, uh, Athenar, uh, whatever. I mean, everyone has a fucking like pseudonym, right? They're black magician, black artist pseudonym, right? Um, they're back with another installment into this discography. It's, it's essentially, I say this and I mean this in the best possible way. You know exactly what you're getting with a midnight release. And that, that is not something that I, I, I don't use that term lightly. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a queers release. You kind of know what you're going to get, but it's expected. So if you're checking it out, you know exactly what you're going to get. Essentially like this, this shit is perfect for like, I don't know, fucking large family gatherings. If you're, you know, in a car with a coworker, or if you want to, you know, fucking pass the time on a goddamn commute, this shit is in your face. It's fucking loud. Um, Again, another three piece, although I know Athenar like does essentially all of he plays bass and sings in, in a live perspective, but to the best of my knowledge, I believe he does everything uh, in the way like a James Murphy with LCD sound system kind of does, does everything. And then it's like, all right, I need some folks to do this. I don't know if that changed on this record, but I know originally at least the project that's essentially how it was manned um, was essentially through him and him, him alone. Um, standout tracks in sinful secrecy, snake obsession, um, check check it out fucking midnight is since i stumbled across them i was blown the fuck away uh and i think that this was one of my like pandemic bands that i stumbled across too like early 2020 i was just like kind of surfing through and i was like fuck this is like this is chronos and lemmy like had this really evil child and this is everything i want to hear fucking all the time <laughs> like right satanic royalties is one of my favorite fucking records like of the last like fucking shit that i've discovered in the last five years but like this album it's not my favorite it's kind of the same way we were saying with ghosts it's not my favorite midnight release but like it stands at number three because it's just like every single track just like fucking this is awesome it's high intensity like it just goes so if you're into cool ass you know cool ass imagery and some scratchy vocals and some cool melodies and shit like guitar leads and riffs check it out riff heavy fucking in your face yeah let the bewitchery by midnight fuck yeah yeah, yeah, I remember this band and I I've been listening to them uh occasionally since you uh showed me them. Um cuz I think we if I'm not mistaken, I think uh yeah, we stopped uh we stopped at Record Archive and you you were you were perusing yeah. that when we started talking. So, um yep. So my number 3 uh Megadeth's new record, The Sick, The Dying and the Dead. Uh, just fuck Megadeth's this album and, and Megadeth's last album Dystopia is probably the best thing that they've done since Countdown to Extinction. Um, just fucking probably keeping it like super fast, like Mustaine coming off like fucking cancer, cancer and all that shit. Just like still pissed, still fucking writing great tracks. Just like uh, not really easing back on like what he's doing. Um, it sounds as good as anything that they've done uh sonically uh standout tracks dark dogs of chernobyl uh soldier on uh mission to mars like just a great fucking megadeth record and the fact that you know mustaine's in his 60s and we're getting great megadeth content uh you know he covers police truck on this record too which is oh, fucking great. shit <laughs> fucking um, awesome 
I mean, he, and then the last record they did uh, fear foreign policy like Mustaine, like he's always had those punk rock ethos. It's kind of why I've I've liked him so much. Um, and yeah, it's fucking it's awesome. It's a fucking great record. Ice T's on a track. Uh, just fucking no shit. Just sicker than dog shit. Nice. The uh, it's interesting to hear you say that, like, especially those last two records since uh, like that. Would you say appetite? He said it was like essentially the best. What's that? Like these last, you said these last two Megadeth releases are oh, the yeah, best since essentially. The- oh yeah, they're definitely like the the best since like those early '90s records since like say like rust in peace or countdown to extinction before the countdown countdown yeah yeah like before like yeah it's just they definitely like tapped into like trying to sound like old megadeth but still maintaining like what they have evolved to um and that kiko Lorenzo, uh he's a, a fucking sick guitar player they got um they got Dirks, who was in like fucking like a million different bands. Uh, uh, he's I think he did. I think he drummed a little while for Bad Religion, too. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a great record. Uh, Megadeth, like I said, to to be as relevant as they are uh, all these years later, I think it's fucking uh, is great. Yeah. Dirks Van Buren. Yeah. And he's been in fucking I thought he yeah he's been in a fucking million projects but like great drummer like that's the thing like dave mustaine just draws like amazing musicians to him too so mm-hmm. it's always gonna sound great well speaking of shit that sounds as good as stuff that was that the band released in the 90s uh my number two is uh screeching weasel release the awful disclosures of screeching weasel um this is the first album since they released some freaks of atavism and I mean, both albums are great, but I think Awful Disclosures for me, there's like kind of this weird like darkness to it, if that makes sense. I know, you know, Ben, Ben Weasel is, is one of those like songwriters where, you know, there's always an edge to it. I don't even know if it's intentionally, but his voice doesn't necessarily lend itself to that of like something that's, you know, bubblegum coated like you would with like a Joe Queer, for example. Right. Uh, with the queers. He just has a natural, like scratchy, nasally, like hard voice. And I think in this, they just explore, I don't know, some of these really like dark, strange elements. And that is accented with the music as well. Like the, the, the musicality in this album too is, is a little bit more, it's more in line with shit that they released, you know, on like emo, for example, versus like Boogada Boogada or uh, I mean, even like my brain hurts. Like it's not as like melodic pop punk, like, hi, this is fun. Like it's a little bit more dark. I don't know. And I don't even want to say it's a little bit more serious because that's, that's not at all what it is, but it just seems they've, Ben has just his skill writing with, with, uh, with songwriting has shifted and not in a bad way, just in a different direction. And I fucking love it. Um, Think of it this way. It's like, you know, their, their brand of punk rock right now, it seems like it's like, whatever, smooth as silk, you get a kick in the ass from Espresso, and there's kind of this weird, like, waft of, like, sadness to, to a certain degree. Um, but if you're into it, I would recommend the track In La Quinta, uh, Del Sordo, and Dead Alive. Uh, really fun shit, and it also sounds amazing, too, so... That's another aspect to this. The, the sonic quality is 150 fucking percent there. So yeah, the awful disclosures uh, by Screeching Weasel. Yeah, I'm not a huge Screeching Weasel fan, but what I've listened to, I've progressively, I've liked more what they've done more and more as I've heard like newer stuff. Um, and I think it's just one of those bands that like you're either into them or it's not your thing. So for yeah. me, it's, it's not like... Uh, it's not that they're not my thing. It's just I don't think I've grasped them as much as like I, I could have right now because I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I'm a very casual listener, but I, I have mm-hmm. like every time we hang out, you end up talking about them and I go and revisit them. And I was just like, I like this. But you, you know how it is. If you if you're not into a band, you got oh, it's, yeah, a, it's a commit. It's a commitment to try to dive in and like 
grasp the, grasp them. It's not like, oh yeah, I'm I'm familiar with this band. I know this. I know this record and this record. I know two records. So it's easier to kind of uh, clinch on to the rest of the discography if you have a starting point. Uh, so with them, like I, I guess I never knew where to start. So I just kind of was always uh, always like felt like uh, overwhelmed with them. Well, especially with a band too that's you know been active and has released as many albums as yeah, they have so prolific to date, yeah. it's like well, it's it's so hard to just be like, all right, I'm going to dive in, and that it goes back to kind of what I mentioned before. That's why um, for me, it's like, and you and I have always been good about this. It's like if there's like, oh, hey, here's a recommendation for this, right? It's like start here or check out this record or these songs or whatever. Like I like having an anchor point, especially with a band similar to Screeching Weasel, where it's like, you know, they have numerous albums today it's not like they have three albums and it's like all right well you know you can kind of start wherever start at the beginning and and move on it's like i'm not going to sit here and be like oh you want to get into screeching weasel you should check out their self-titled album not going to fucking do that great great album but not where you should not Not in in my opinion not where you should start if it you know like so i i can appreciate that fucking for sure like wanting to wanting to get a little bit of a direction there I'll, i'll 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 send you some stuff uh, yeah, when we do. when we get off this call, one hundred percent. All right, dude. So, what's your number two? Number two is from a band that originally started out in the early two thousands as a metalcore band. They've kind of progressed into like this sonic epic western metal band. Their songs sound like they would be in a, a modern western, but they're still heavy as fuck. But they're very like they have a, a half Asian guitar player, so there's a lot of like. There's like this slight tinge of like Asian influence in there that I've gotten on the last like four records that I'm not sure if anybody else gets, but I know Jeff, uh, their guitar player is half Asian. And I always got that like in there. And I love like any kind of Asian element in anything. Like I'm obsessed with Asian culture. So if I hear it in a metalcore record, like even if it's a little bit, like I'm fucking immediately turned on. And it it's uh from this band called Parkway Drive. Um, this is like, like I said, they're 20 years into their career now and they, every time they put out a record, it gets bigger and bigger and they put a lot of money into their stage show that records called darker still. Um, like I said, they were, they've kind of outgrown the metalcore thing. Cause they're not just breakdowns and riffs. They're very like, uh, like Epic sounding and very like, they almost sound like if Dokken, if Dokken were a metalcore band, but they also they're from they're from australia uh so they're all like surfers but they release this brutal like fucking epic metal now um and it's really great uh i've loved like i've loved them for 10 12 years now uh actually more than that uh probably 15 years um but yeah it's just a great record um and just the band just keeps getting bigger they're huge over in australia they've broken like acdc's records for like sold out shows and like albums sold and stuff for like certain in like the rock genre in Australia. Like they've they're they're like the new ACDC as far as size when it comes to like Australia and some parts of Europe. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. They play stadiums. They play stadiums in Australia. So Um, this would be one of those where I would request, please send me a jumping off point for this because this is one of those bands that I've heard it referenced multiple times. I know, and this is nothing, this is not a dig on Australia, but I know like as far as like bands from Australia, it's not necessarily the largest fucking pool, right? And of course there's tons of bands in Australia. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like when people, it's like the average person in fucking downtown fucking Oneida, New York. It's not a top export to the States for bands. Correct. Correct. So I've heard that name come up a bunch and I know I've heard it from you before, but other folks as well. And if you have a jumping off point for them, I, especially what you're describing with like brutal, like West, like, dude, I'm on, I'm on board. <laughs> I'm on board for that. That's fucking, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Like so I'll, send, I'll, send me a jumping off point with this shit. Oh, for sure. For sure. So here we are. We're at our, uh, our, our number, uh, our number ones. Cool. So before I do this, I'm quickly going to do honorable mentions just because like it's yeah. fucking a couple sentences. It's just literally. OK, um, my first honorable mention, I wanted to uh, reference uh, Venom Inks. There's only black. So think of the Tony Dolan era of Venom. It's essentially Jeff Mantis and Tony Dolan. I believe Abaddon was playing with them at one point, I think, for Ava. 
but I don't think he's playing with them anymore. I didn't see him. I saw some live footage. I was supposed to see him in the city and they had some issues with their passports, whatever, but it's essentially that era. It's, you know, primeval, the wasteland, temples of vice. It's that era of venom. Um, but now as venom Inc, because mantis and fucking Kronos had a falling out, whatever, that's all the fucking goddamn bullshit that exists with bands falling apart. And then, touring under the same name but not the same name whatever anyway they released a new record there's only black highly recommend checking that shit out uh extremely brutal the 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 quality of, of the music the musicality behind it, it's amazing i've always loved tony dolan's bass playing fantastic singing awesome um definitely recommend checking that one out and the second honorable mention is a release by jay prozac of the prozacs won't let go um i recorded i wrote and recorded two bass uh tracks on this album uh, contributed that towards it. It's uh, it's one of his. It's his most recent solo release. Um, Bubblegum pop, uh, pop punk stuff, power pop, however you want to categorize it. Um, definitely check that one out. I had a lot of fun. Very thankful for for meeting Jay at a punk festival and commenting him on his fucking Lillington shirt. And I was wearing a Screeching Weasel shirt, and the 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 relationship blossomed from there. So I've I've been I've been part of a couple of his projects now, and um, we've got some new stuff. We we had recorded and released. Um, uh, a couple Lillington's covers that was released on a Lillington tribute album this past year. Um, but anyway, won't let go by, uh, Jay Prozac. Uh, it's my second honorable mention. Dude, congrats on that, by the way. Cause that's fucking awesome. It was, it was a lot of fun and it was recorded during the pandemic too. So it's like, I've been in the studio with him like a bunch now, but like those songs that I cut for him for that record, I recorded at my house and then had to send to the studio because it was like this wonky, you know, we can't be in, the, you know, like the whole, I, I'm sure you heard about all the studio shit, like recording during the pandemic was a fucking nightmare, but like that was, that was a really cool experience to do that. And then, you know, continue the, you know, the friendship with him still to this day. Like we, I'm, we've got, uh, we've got some tracks that we caught, uh, over the past year that's going to be released as, I think it's like a, we're probably going to do like a three or four track EP, um, as a Prozac release, but now I guess I'm an honorable mention of the Prozac or an honorable member of the Prozacs because I've recorded with them and released music and wrote bass lines and shit like that. So whatever, uh, th- that was a lot of fun. Um, so my number one album. Now, if you are a fan of both the Lillingtons and Teenage Bottle Rocket, you need to listen to the band Sack, um, as in Ball Sack, um, S-A-C-K. They released um, the album Ripper this past year um, contains both Cody Templeman and um, uh, one of the one of the brothers there from TBR. Um, uh, highly recommend checking this shit out. It is not only a, a literal ripper of an album, um, but it's really cool. Like I'm I'm very biased when it comes to TBR stuff, and it's probably why I like the Lillingtons better. I prefer Cody's voice. Um, just a little bit more versus the Carlisle and there's nothing against like the style. It's just the style of singing is a little bit different. Um, so Ripper is essentially, in my opinion, an ex- a party based extension of the Lillingtons. It's basically like if the Lillingtons wanted to just go on benders all the time, that's what sack is. It's, and they make, they make no bones about it. It's like party rock music, essentially. Okay. Um, they, they literally assault your fucking earbuds they call out the beach boys and they sing about fucking suicide. So yeah, it's a great, it's a great time. It's everything you could fucking expect, but the Carlisle plays bass on this versus singing, playing guitar. Um, definitely standout tracks, live, laugh, LARP and hot shit. So you can really, I mean, it's, if, again, it's, like I said, if you enjoy TBR and the Lillingtons, you're going to love this shit. Um, that, it, it, that's essentially what it is. So I would definitely recommend uh, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I think initially I thought I was more of a Carlisle guy as far as vocals, uh, especially because uh, I, I like Lilling, Lillington's, but I'm way more of a teenage bottle rocket guy, but uh, my favorite songs being bigger than kiss and bloodbath at Burger King. Mm-hmm. So uh, I definitely am interested to check this out for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Dude, definitely uh, go into it. Just, again, it's kind of the same thing with, with what I mentioned with midnight. It's like, you know, you have an idea of what you're going to get. Um, right, right. It's not going to be a huge stuff, surprise. No, it's not going to be a surprise, but I mean that in the best way possible. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah. 
Uh, dude, what is what is die number one? My number one is an uh, album filled with material that's 20 years old. Uh, it's the 18 Visions uh, Vanity re-record that originally was released in 2002. Uh, they re-record. They dropped the two ballads that they did on the record initially and re-recorded everything with Keith uh, Barney, the guitar player, recorded everything. Um, and they made the songs better and they made <laughs> I never thought that would be possible because one of my favorite records of all time uh and and you know I I know your 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 knowledge point on them is is probably limited to what you've heard me say but I know mm-hmm. that you know you know how big the that band is for me I always talk about them oh yeah being able to have James and Keith from 18 visions on the podcast this year was made this a banner year for this podcast uh being as small and as like a little punk rock podcast that just i just and that's the thing like i don't i don't aspire to have like crazy guests or even talk to anybody other than my friends i like fucking bullshitting with you i like bullshitting with eric and sean and brian like i i just want to bullshit my friends like i have no aspirations of like i want to interview like the biggest of the bigger the biggest bigger like i have no desire for that but when the opportunity comes to have james hart and keith barney from 18 visions on and I reach out to them and they're both me like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Would tell me a time uh, and to be able to kind of bullshit with those guys, go see the 20th anniversary shows where they played the album in full um, and and kind of just uh, pick their brains on stuff like this. And and they were on in January and they let me James off 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 Mike let me know that they were releasing this vinyl and re-releasing the record re-recorded like months before it was announced was a fucking like is the like the ultimate treat for for someone that's followed them as as long as i have for over 20 years so they re-recorded the songs they're heavier they're fucking they sound amazing and when you have a song called sonic death monkey that now closes your album um and it's just fucking it's it's just uh it's classic 18 visions they they can do they've put their middle finger up to like all the sub genres that they were always uh, associated with. And they've always done their own thing. And they've always been different than all those other bands um, and not gave a fuck how they looked. You know, there were dudes that were wearing fucking, they were playing like hardcore metalcore stuff with all these bands that like dressed a certain way and stuff like that. And they're like, no, we're going to have dyed hair and we're going to wear fucking creepers and dress uh, like really nice and like look like fucking modern day mod punks um but also play like this brutal death metal influenced fucking like hardcore that was like popularized later on uh but yeah 18 visions re-recorded vanity and i actually just today got all the got the vinyl package that i got with the two variants and the shirts and fucking like limited tour laminate and all that shit it came this morning at 7 30 in the morning it got delivered that's fucking awesome. So that's yeah, awesome. That's my number one, man. And yeah, Dude, like I... it's. Oh, continue, continue. Yeah, like like I said, I love doing these lists with you because I I now have a my my Spotify has a bunch of shit I now have to listen to because I immediately went and like okay I gotta listen to this I gotta listen to this and that, that's why I love I love talking music with you just because we 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 connect on like the the foundational stuff and then our, our tentacles rewrap around and circle eight back into each other on certain bands. And then there's, Oh yeah. There's uh, avenues that like diverge and then we tell each other about it. And then we have to go then explore those other avenues and check out shit that we normally wouldn't check out freely. And that's what I kind of love about fucking just our, our musical friendship, but just uh, being uh, friends and, and being uh, into music as deep as we are and just fucking sharing bands for fucking almost 20 years now. Dude, it's, you know, I, I look forward to this. As I said, like, this is always something that I enjoy doing. Not only, you know, not only on my own, you know, to, if I were to be like, Oh, let me just kind of for the sake of doing it, like the mental exercise, it's like having this conversation with you um, and, and putting these lists together 
same thing, dude. I literally have notes <laughs> that, that I've, I've created now to be like, all right, I need to check this out. And I'm sure that we'll have conversations following, you know, us stopping this recording. Uh, I intend to regarding some of this stuff. So uh, always a pleasure. I, I very much appreciate you having me on. Of course, man. Now we gotta, I gotta have you on for the, the, one of the next episodes coming up in the next few weeks, we're rating and ranking Quentin Tarantino's movies. Oh, dude, I'm there. I'm there. I'm actually so not, not a spoiler alert. Not that this really impacts anyone listening to this. When we stop recording, like I'm going to call you back because <laughs> I have a couple questions for you. So <laughs> I want to hear more about this. And that sounds fucking amazing. I would love to. I would love to. If you would have me on, I would love to do that. Oh yeah, we're getting everybody too. Sean, Brian, Eric, we're getting everybody. So oh, you nailed you nailed BT down. Oh yeah, we're well, we're gonna we're gonna make sure he's fucking a part of it. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> everyone, this will be the last episode of the year. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking everything out. Go check out all the episodes that came this year and stay tuned for more for the Sight and Sound podcast by Hard Guy Media. Check us out at Instagram and Twitter at Hard Guy Media. We're on Spotify, iTunes, all that bullshit, uh, host site, Anchor. Check it out. And thanks. And Lou, thank you for doing the last episode of the year and keeping the streak alive and making sure you appear on every season and every fiscal year of Saint Sound Heart Guy Media Podcast. Fuck yeah, brother. <laughs>